0: Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera.
1: If I ran the web, you could email
0: dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab
1: And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice
0: This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM
2: So what if I write a poem like a song?
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley.
0: Hello, I'm your other co-host this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And we have in studio as our guest today, Tasha Racino. Hi, Tasha.
2: Hi.
0: So good to have you here. Welcome back.
2: Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah,
0: you've been traveling. Well, welcome back to our show and uh, also welcome back to Vancouver because you've just recently got back from uh, Brooklyn, correct?
2: I did. Yeah, thank you for the welcome. It's nice to be home.
0: And you're uh, there for...
2: I was there for the Women of the World Poetry Slam. Mm,
0: Cool. And you are competing.
2: Yes, I was competing there. Awesome. So
0: we'll find out a bit more about that, but we'll have you start us off with a poem, please. Sure.
2: When men who greet me in public end their salutations in things like, call me. I want to say, call me a walking battlefield. Wars have been waged here by your kind. All pitchfork pronoun and torch fingers set ablaze. Cattle-pronged teeth and mob mind mentality... You call my body search warrant, my breasts red light district, my thighs dark alley, my hands not meant for holding, careers, households, or opinions, they're too feminine for that. Call me made from your ribs so you have every right to reach for mine whenever you want. Call me too drunk, too much skin, the kind of women men hate, the kind of women men should fuck the angry out of. Call me too angry, then too sensitive. Call me Truth. I dare you to try and use woman as injury. I spill blood every month. It is not something I am uncomfortable with, but apparently you are. How does it feel to be uncomfortable? As a woman, I know nothing about that. What's it like to be a comma? To be red and white flag at the same time? To be lusted after like money, but never worth just as much? When you know how it feels, call me.
0: Wow. (laughs) Nice way to start. Like. To the heart.
2: yeah, you know, it's rainy. I was kind of sleepy, and I was like, Something's got to wake me up, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and I just have to say for CRTC reasons that uh, you know, when sometimes we have some language and it's the middle of the afternoon, but when it's part of the art, that is perfectly okay. Just so you know, we noticed, you probably noticed, and we're just like doing an <laughs> art duty by mentioning <laughs> that. So, um, that yeah, that was a really powerful piece. Is that a new one? Yeah, it seems to have some some like, you know, I, I really want to say this. Yeah. I haven't said it often enough. Punch yeah, to it.
2: I would say so. Mostly because it is a shorter poem and so a lot of the times you don't really get to do that as often as you would like. Mm. Um, so yeah. But I did get to do that when I was in Brooklyn, so that was a really great uh, way to kick off my night there and my whole experience there, actually.
0: And was that, oh, so that was in the first bout?
2: That was in my first bout of okay. the week, yeah. Um, so it was a four-minute round and a one-minute round, so that was my poem I did in the one minute. Nice. Yeah.
1: And is that a, is that a different um, theme for you, or just treat it in a different way, or? Um, how is it new for you?
2: I think it's just um, allowing myself to be angry, I'm not really an angry person, um, so I think just allowing myself to be mad sometimes is new for me, mostly because, I don't know, especially as a woman, too, like, just for safety reasons, you try and brush things off a lot of the time. Um, so I think that in doing poems and having these safe spaces, it's really nice for me to to be angry and not have to worry about the anger mm-hmm. afterwards. So I think it's been really nice for me to just be able to say that poem and then not be worried about, like, mm. who's following me afterwards, you know?
1: So, yeah, so when you say that as a woman, you it's for safety, you have to be not angry. Mm-hmm. Is that because then it comes back at you in...
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even in general, like, these days, I mean, I take public transit all the time. And just so that you're safe, I mean, even if someone does say something to you or does something that, you know encroaches upon your space it's not often that you can actually say those things to people that i said in the poem because you don't know how they're going to react and you know sometimes you're alone sometimes it's late at night and you know so you just tend to brush things off or try and walk away but it's really nice that in a poem i don't have to walk away i get to actually say what i always want to
1: right and are you hoping that people who hear that it makes a change for them somehow Oh, i do
2: for sure i mean it's opened up conversations with people so that's been good um, you know just talking to people about how like this is how we feel you know I've had some people come to me and say like wow I never knew that this is what it was like when this happened or when that happened but so I think it's been really good to have those conversations
0: how did you uh go ahead sorry no you go ahead. how did you you said that was new like yeah touching on that anger uh how did you what was your process then in writing that poem how did you was it pretty easy to tap into or uh did you have to kind of you know give yourself how much permission did you have to give yourself
2: I think I was kind of surprised at how easy it came just because I didn't realize I was that mad. And then I just kind of started writing and then it was just really easy to come up with all these moments that had happened. And I think realizing how easy it was made me even more angry (laughs) that it was just so common to come up with these things and these, you know, these, these metaphors or these things that I related it to. It kind of scared me that it was so easy for it to just come out like that. Um, so I think that kind of just fed the anger a little bit more. And I think also because there is more to that poem, but I had cut it down. Mm. Um, so I think that process was kind of weird for me, too, because I was like, there's so much I want to say. Yeah. And then here I am cutting it down. Um, but it's still that po- the other version of the poem still lives on. So yeah. And
0: it's, you it's can not... write other poems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not I like mean, all your anger has gone now. Yeah, yeah exactly. an
1: uppercut instead of a whole round of the, yeah. Exactly. Of the uh, yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting that you said that it scared you a little bit that it was so easy. Yeah. Do you, can you say what you meant by that or yeah, uh, can
2: you say more about that? I think that this year for me, had it's been a lot of um, coming to terms with things that I kind of always pushed to the side so for me like I grew up in a Christian family and so things like anxiety and depression were like they weren't really real there were always things that you could just pray about or things that could just go away so I never really understood that these were things that I dealt with um so this whole year has just been me being like these are parts of me that I need to work on and that I need to also just love even if I can't fix them I don't think they ever will be fixed and so I think that also came with um exploring different parts of my life so exploring the anger that I had about different things and uh I think also just I kind of had to dive deep into different moments in my life where I felt uncomfortable but I kind of just swept that off to the side as well Mm -hmm. because I felt like I had to um so I think it just it's just been a year of me kind of writing things down and then being uncomfortable but then exploring why
1: right well Um, Just before we went on air, we were saying that we had you on uh, about not even a year ago because Mm -hmm. it was right after the Vancouver Poetry Slam Championships where you were the grand champ. Mm -hmm. And then you went to the Women of the World Poetry Slam in Brooklyn as the representative for Vancouver Poetry Slam. And um, I was thinking about when we talked to you last year and thinking about what I wanted to ask you today. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, which is kind of tying into this conversation is you are so nice. Right. I always see you're so grace, full of grace and so nice to everybody. And I just wondered, how does she do that all the time? <laughs> so I'm kind of glad to hear this. I'm kind of glad to yeah. hear what you're saying now. Because it doesn't have to be fixed. Right. And sometimes yeah. if you're not angry, then there's something wrong. Right. Like, yeah. It's a a response to. But so, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to comment on that, that's.
2: Uh, yeah. I think it's just been a year of me. Getting messy and like being okay with the mess because I think I always felt like I had to clean up and tidy up, and I think this year has just been like me writing poems that have been really hard for me to sit through, but then I've kind of been okay with that. Um so I think it's just part of my, like my learning experience and just growing and I think also going to events like Women of the World Poetry Slam and seeing all these um female identified poets who just have these really important things they have to say. Um, And just like totally being unapologetic about it and like sharing their stories and everything they have to say kind of just reminded me of like it's okay for me to say what I have to say, even if it'll make me uncomfortable and potentially other people as well. Um, As long as like there's a reason for the discomfort, you Mm -hmm. know, like there's always an intent with my poetry. It's never like I just want to mess things up right now. Like I just want to make people feel something like there's always a reason why. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this year has been like a year full of intent for me.
1: So going to Brooklyn, in a way, gave you a little bit more of that. Yeah. No, you're nodding your head. Yeah. So the people who've originally started the Women of the World Poetry Slam, this is the reason they started it. They would be yeah. so happy to hear this.
2: Yeah. it was. <laughs> uh, it was definitely an eye-opener for me. I think it was nice to go to a place where I wasn't a minority. Mm-hmm. I think it just felt so welcoming. It felt like home for me to just be around all these women and to just... I don't know, their stories were similar to mine. And it just felt like this whole other world that I... That was the goal for me always since I started in poetry and I found out about the whole community. That was the one thing I always wanted. So when it happened, it just felt like this weird, like, I don't think I'm actually going. And I didn't even believe it until we were in the air. And I was, I looked out the window and I was like, okay, I think I'm going. I think it's happening. And then I started freaking out because I was like, man, I actually have to do poems now. (laughs) Like, it's not just a vacation. Like, I actually have to do what I came here for. And I was so glad I got that chance because I really did the poems, like I said, that I've been working through and were really uncomfortable and hard for me to do. But they were received with a lot of love. And so I was really happy to do that.
1: When you say minority, do you mean as a woman or as a Latina?
2: I mean, as a Latina. Yeah, (sighs) I I feel like um, it was just so nice to be surrounded by, you know, just I don't know. It's like this community that I feel like isn't really as common here or maybe like, I don't know it was just so nice to be around people and not feel like I was the only one there. Yes. So it was really nice.
0: Let's hear another poem. You've got one. All right. And there the may be an F bomb. Yeah. There is. Just <laughs> give it a
2: space. Uh, F that. <laughs> yeah, there might be. I'm trying to think. Uh, this is another one that, like I said, I had been working through a lot this year and uh, this was a poem that was really hard for me to look at. Cause I think, Uh, I kind of came to terms with the fact that as a woman things are taken from you and you're kind of just supposed to like be okay with that and I never realized that was a part of my story. I always heard other people's stories but I never really pieced mine together and one day I started writing um, different lines of different times in my life so like when I was 16 when I was 21 and then I started realizing that the correlation between them all was like these were moments where something was taken from me um and like I said I come from a Christian um background so virginity was always something that was like a big thing um and so then the poem just kind of I think found its way into that and like I ended up saying things that I never really knew how to say out Mm -hmm. loud so this has definitely been a conversation starter with a lot of people because I think that uh Sometimes you don't even realize the things that were taken from you. So that's where right, this one came from. That's right. I'm 16 the first time a boy takes something I can't get back. I'm at his house with friends. Josh rolls over, presses lips to mine like hungry pen to paper in search of release. I don't flinch. In my head, a cacophony of questions that I answer with things like, you can't pull away, he'll be upset. So I let him write his story in my mouth, tongue-tapping teeth like signature. When it's over, I still taste his ink in the back of my throat. He smiles. We don't talk about it. I drink from the bottle in my hand like mouthwash. I don't process that this is my first kiss until three years later. I'm nine the first time a boy asks like notice, not permission slip. Julian chases the girls in class for kisses. Our teacher laughs, tells him he shouldn't, not that he can't. So when she's not looking, he overcasts my desk like shadow and kisses my cheek. This is the first time I wonder if no means something other than no. I'm 15. A man I love takes something from me I'm not ready to give. My dad calls me up in front of the church and shares a verse from the Bible about God's plan for man and woman, pulls a box from his pocket and asks me to make a vow to stay pure. I'm already programmed to have my nose auto-correct themselves to yes, I agree. I'm 20 and on vacation. I meet a man I can't stop talking to. When we go home, our bodies become dialogue. He peels back clothes like paragraphs. When there's nothing left but flesh, I reveal the note that's been dangling around my neck like rosary beads. I feel guilty because I came here. I want this, but my sex has never felt like mine to give, so I find other ways to make him glad I came. When I clean off in the shower, I keep feeling like I'm missing a spot. I'm 21. I return to the place where we met. Reluctantly, we take a trip together, yet I've never felt so distant. He leans in and kisses me like man with amnesia, trying to awaken his memory. I let him, like Josh, like Julian. On the ferry ride back, I can't bring myself to speak to him, so he texts his girlfriend. I don't know who I'm more mad at, so I pick up the thickest stone and cast it down my throat. When it lands, there's a pile in my chest. This is the first time I understand why I always feel heavy. I'm still 21 and on the same vacation when I lose my virginity to a man I met that day. An Italian god with a kind of fire in his eyes that could burn cities to the ground. I am an aching town full of anger and poor decisions ready to reduce to rubble. A haunted Acropolis where more war than love was ever made. I have temples in the names of old lovers I have been yearning to incinerate, so I let lust be the call to Aries? Let my body be sacrificed, split open, and bled out. I'm still 21. I tried to explain to a friend why I look like guilt incarnate. She doesn't understand why sex makes me feel dirty. I don't either. I can't look at myself when I undress. Mirrors become more razor-sharp glass than shiny reflective surface. I take baths and watch candlelight paint tribal luminescence on the walls, sit in the darkness until the water grows cold. I can't drown these cities inside me. I'm still 21. Some days virginity feels like the daughter I aborted. She haunts me in my sleep. I weave poetry like dreamcatcher, like oversized sweater to hide my curves but the seams are always too thin. Cat calls claw through bath-soaked skin Sheer like tissue paper I am delicate crinkle Gossamer gift hidden in the bedroom closet Ravenously torn open by hungry tongues It is always Christmas morning for some men I'm 23 now She doesn't visit any more. The cities inside me have been rebuilt with the mortar of reclamation. Hallelujah's dressed in the realization that my body is my body, and it is now a score that sings of how love should be more bedmoan than battle cry, and I finally believe that this flesh, this sex is mine to give. It always has been.
1: Wow. You're listening to Tasha Raceno today on Wax Poetic on Co op Radio one hundred point five CFRO.
0: Do you want me to say that?
1: Yeah, we have to make this announcement. We
0: have an official announcement. If you've been listening to the station for the last uh, little while, you know that right now our transmitter facility is being uh, tested and reworked on. And so if you're experiencing any um, interference when you're listening to this show or to the radio station, whether it's a lot of extra hiss and fuzz and a weak signal, call in and let us know about it. 604 684 8494 is the number, plus extension 226 to report your uh, issue with the sound. Uh, Again, that's 604-684-8494 and extension 226. So is that weird doing it to just like two people sitting in a... Like if you're used to doing that in front of a big uh, audience of 100 people or so, and then all of a sudden you're doing something really uh, personal and intimate like that to just the two of us right well i mean people listening too but
2: i think that every time i do a poem the space that i'm in whether there's people like whether it's two people or a whole audience i think that the poem always makes me feel something different every time Mm. so i think it was a little bit weird but in a good way because it just i felt like right now just doing it because i'm sitting too and i'm not really looking out at anyone in the eyes i feel like it was just more like a conversation with myself, mm. which can sometimes be mm-hmm. a little bit more scary than actually talking huh. to other people. So, yeah, every time I do it, it's like a different response that goes on in my body. But
0: hmm.
1: that is a really good piece.
2: Thank you. Yeah,
0: it's great.
1: I yeah, it. like Thanks. you feel like you're really inhabiting your work. So when you say that you feel something different every yeah. time you say, because I always think about that that you're inhabiting a poem when you perform it you read somebody's poem on the page or to yourself right your own stuff mm-hmm. it's when you perform it that you inhabit it yeah in a way.
2: yeah that one's been really important to me because I think that the conversations I have afterwards with um, people um, are really powerful so I think uh, I was just at Quest University for a show mm. um, and I had a girl come up to me and she just could relate on so many levels and especially just like the religious aspect of it all mm. And she just had a lot to say about that. And I think that there's a lot of people who've been coming up to me and, you know, just really needing to hear those words or maybe just they never knew how to start that conversation with someone. And then because I said it, it was safe for them to talk about it. So I think that the poem is just given back a lot, even though it was really hard for me to process because after I wrote that, I remember I just couldn't even look at it for months. I mm-hmm. just kind of like cried a lot and just the realization of everything that happens that I kind of had suppressed um was really hard and then also it took me a while to feel comfortable with doing that piece because i do mention my family and like my religious beliefs as well so then that was a whole other battle in its own mm-hmm. so it's been kind of nice just being able to come out with the poem
0: yeah I guess that's why it probably resonates with people is because you're touching into so many things that are that are authentic to you. Mm-hmm. And that's fairly honest piece. Yeah. And so, you know, people recognize that and then they go, Oh, okay, this isn't bullshit. I'm gonna go and see yeah. what this person has to say or talk to you. Now do you get many men coming up and chatting with you and asking about it like in a in a respectful sincere way or is there like a challenge of pushback from guys or at all or men talking to you about it
2: um i mean they don't come up and try and have conversations um but like for example at this um university it was a body love gala so they had this event where students were performing poems and songs about just like loving your body and then i was the feature um performer at the end of it um and there were a few uh, men in the audience and then after that piece Um, They were just like cheering super wildly. And then when I went to sit down, they were just like, oh, you know, like really happy Mm. that that was something that happened. Um, I haven't really had anyone just specifically come up to me. Um, But when I was in um, Saskatoon for the Canadian Festival of Spoken Word, I did have um, a fellow poet who heard that piece. Uh, He came up to me and um, just wanted to talk about things that had come up with him that mm-hmm. just like me he had suppressed um mm-hmm. so it, it's been a really good conversation starter because i think that people are able to kind of heal in a way through that
0: now i heard a rumor while you were in brooklyn that on your second night of bouts of competition that you uh, composed this brilliant piece before you got up on stage and presented something entirely brand new uh inspired by what i don't know i haven't heard that but is that true and that's true would you be willing to talk about that or maybe share a yeah. poem if you've got it too um
2: yeah what happened was is uh it was the day of my second bout and i had already i had an idea of what i wanted to go in with the first night was a little bit easier because it I was going in with the two poems that I've shared already and I felt like those two just meant so much to me and I just felt like it was something I needed to say so I was really sure going into that night and that was a really heated bout too like in that uh first in the four minute round I tied for second and then in the one minute round I tied for third so it was like super close everything was like 0.1 away um but then going to the other night I was not feeling so confident because I was kind of unsure Um, and so for my two minute piece, I... Was tossing things around, but nothing felt like it was what I wanted to say. I felt like I had been given a big opportunity to be able to share something, um, and also like I wasn't just representing myself; I was representing Vancouver. And I just didn't want to go up with a piece that I didn't feel like was a part of me in that moment. Um, and so I was sitting down, and I was just thinking, like, what are the stories that I want to share while I'm here? Like, what about me do I need to get out of my body? Um, and i ended up just going back into a part of a poem that i had a couple lines from and i just kind of finished it up um and i went into that bout and i just i did the piece and it felt so good to get it out um i don't have it with me because it was just something i like threw together it was on my laptop but i felt really good about that um and it was really well received as well but that didn't even matter to me i just felt so relieved it felt like something had just like come out of my body in that moment so it was really good to get that out
1: it's interesting that you the way you describe it, because it sounds like the end of the last piece you did, that it was something that was yours to give and mm-hmm. that you chose to give that you wanted to share that. What did you want to say? What did you want to get out of your body? And that you had yeah. the power and the right and the 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 ownership of that in order to share it. Nobody yeah. else was making you or asking you to or expecting you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the words in the same way are kind of like sharing your, your, sex, your sex, your sexuality, your yeah. sexual presence and desire as well, right?
2: Yeah, I just feel like sometimes with poetry, like, I mean, I don't ever want to do a poem just for the sake of, because it's a poem that I've memorized or it's the poem that, like, is in my head the most. I want to do what I feel like I just need to get out or, like, what story I need to share. Or I always feel like they're a part of me and I know when... I'm going to feel comfortable doing them. But I've like a couple of times I've had to do poems and I just wasn't happy with them in the end because I did them for the sake of like they were in the time limit or, you know, I had them all memorized. And I really didn't want to do that for this competition because I it just meant so much to me. Um, and so I felt like I would represent myself really well if I just did what was true to me instead of just doing like, mm-hmm. oh, I have this two-minute poem down right now. I can mm-hmm. just throw this one out there. So I didn't want to do that. And also it was just so funny because um, – when I was there, I was really worried about doing that. Um, and I had a friend uh, who was there and she was trying to like tell me like, oh, don't worry about it. And she just reminded me that of uh, the winner of the indiv- individual world poetry song, Emmy Mahmood. She had written the poem the day of and she won the whole thing mm-hmm. with that poem. Right. And oddly enough, at finals night, she had rewritten a piece that day and she won. So I just kind of was laughing at it. I was like, yeah, you know, I think sometimes you just have to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: And you get inspired by what's going on. Have you been writing yeah. since you got back or are you taking um, a break? Or
2: I have. I actually sat down to write yesterday, but um, I haven't really had time because ever since I came back, I've been working a lot, but I have been writing. I was writing while I was there too, um, but it's weird. Sometimes I just like, I can hear them in my head still like the women who were there Mm -hmm. and the stories that they had, I still hear them. So I think I kind of like brought them back with me a little bit. And I think when I sit down, I'll be able to channel that energy and start writing. But sometimes I still hear them.
1: (laughs) You're just totally embodying what's so important about sisterhood. Like it's just, it's, it's, yeah, you know, I'm, to, I'm tearing up a little. here. Uh-huh. And, when I'll you're tear about, too. Yeah, and when you were talking about, you know, the poem about like you think about how many things have been taken from you. Yeah, I'm a lot older than you. I was there during a different wave of feminism. And that was the that was one of the big things that happened in that wave of feminism. Yeah. Late 70s, early 80s is taking our sexuality back. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was great after the 60s and Uh, You know, post sexual revolution, and um, that we had birth control, that Mm -hmm. we could now be sexual. But then it was still, it still wasn't allowed to be. We we could be sexual, but then it was still taken from us, right? It was Mm -hmm. like if we felt empowered by it. This is this is what I write about a lot in my writing. So if we felt empowered by it it could still be taken away from us because then we would be told, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. No, that's not yours to give and then feel good about it. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool, but it's also kind of sad that you're writing the same sort of things, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I think just growing up, like, I only ever got the opposite ends of the spectrum. So like from my family and from the church and everybody in my family and in the church, like they always meant well. It was never like I had a really great experience growing up in a church and I was really thankful for that. But um, that was one of the things that was always really uncomfortable because I was told like never to do it. It wasn't for me. Like I had to wait. But then you would go to school and like in high school, you know, I'd get a whole different story. Be like, oh, just get it over with. You should do it. And it was like a really mm-hmm. so I only ever had those two complete opposite sides. So I never knew what was right for me, I just knew it right. was right for other people. So and I think that poem was like through. Yeah, I think the poem was really helpful in being like, this is what's right for you. So
0: Cool.
1: I thought you might have something to say about that because I'm just talking from the women's point of view, but you <laughs> have a similar experience in terms of growing up inside of a church mentality and body and sexuality I'm talking to RC now for those of you who can't see me on the radio but anyway <laughs> that's why I was leaving I was leaving space there cuz in case you had something to say Nope, no nope, nothing to say um, we have about 3 minutes left do you have a short another short piece that you could do cuz then we got to do some uh, winding up for the next people coming in. I'm which thinking is, uh, if
2: maybe I just like have something here on my phone.
0: Or are you doing any uh, performances or yeah. readings coming up?
2: I just did a bunch. Um, I think right now I'm just kind of taking it easy, and then uh, van slam semifinals are coming up pretty quick here on the 11th and the 18th.
0: And are you going out for the team again?
2: Yeah, yeah. I figured I might as well. It keeps me writing, and you know I like to travel and compete so why not (laughs) so i'll be doing that but yeah i think for now i'm just kind of trying to focus on that anytime i have something coming up i try not to do any shows or anything in between i feel like it puts me in a different headspace Mm -hmm. because i've i'm i mean i think i'd much rather like to perform than to compete so when you're doing a bunch of performances and then you have to compete, I find that it's really hard to get into that competitive mindset. Mm-hmm. So after I came back from uh, Women of the World, I had a couple things lined up, which were really nice. So I did a couple of little things here and there. So it felt nice to just do my art, not have to worry about time limits and points. Yeah. Um, but I think now I'm just going to kind of try and get back in that mindset of, you know, competing
0: well that ate up enough time yep. so, there uh, we go and that was really interesting because <laughs> yeah. you know,
2: people can always come and hear your poetry but they
1: can't always hear you talk about it yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for being our guest today and I don't have anything pulled up about to, do you have any events coming uh, up? yeah o, Timothy Shea,
0: Timothy Shea has got a book uh, another book launch for his book the dirty knees of prayer this evening at uh, what's book, it? Warehouse, book on warehouse on Maine, on Maine in uh, 26 basically Maine and King Ed uh, that's this evening it's probably starting at 7 I'm Not entirely sure. That's correct. Uh, Also, coming up this Monday is the Youth Poetry Slam Finals. It's the final, so we'll decide the brand new Youth Poetry Slam team, and that will be at the Wise Hall, not Café de Soleil. show starts at 8 o'clock on the dot and doors at 7, so if you want to come check out and find out who's going to be the next uh, Youth Poetry Slam team members, please do drop by, and that's at the Wise Hall again.
1: And then they'll be competing in the Hullabaloo as well? No. No, they don't, because that's high school. Yes. That's a high school competition from all around BC, and that's on the 21st of April. So we can tell you more about that when it gets closer. Um, is it going to be in the round again, like it was last year at the Wise Hall? They're going to be up on the stage this time? No. Because be a... people can't see you like shaking your head I don't know. yeah well no <laughs>
0: they won't they'll so come to the show and find
1: out okay oh it's gonna be a surprise interesting all right well should we do that announcement one more time before we uh do our outro music oh and say about our, goodbyes? our little transmitter yeah. sure sure sure
0: <laughs> sure uh if you've been listening uh as i mentioned the last couple of weeks you might know or have noticed that our transmitter has been uh, being worked on, and that may have been causing some interference to our signal. If uh, that has happened to you and it's kind of bothering you or you just want to let us know, uh, give us a call, 604-684-8494 and... Hit extension 226. It is the transmitter hotline.
1: That's right. So
0: call in and report there. The transmitter hotline. Again, 604-684-8494, extension 226.
1: Industry Canada, thanks you. I'm Pam Bentley. I've been one of your co-hosts today for Wax WaxPoetic.
0: I'm R.C. Wetzlowski. Thanks Natasha Tasha Racino, our guest today. Thanks for having me. And uh, No Apologies Necessary is coming up next.